and girls and ladies, welcome to the Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my going partner, Anthony. It's a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how you doing this week? How you doing? How I'm doing? I'm doing all right. I was working this week. You know, I had some crazy mm-hmm. call times. I actually did a, was it like a 15, close to 16 hour day on set the Holy other day? Crap. I started work at 1030 in the morning and I got off work around 948 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You're, yes, one, you're one of the safer people to train with since you get tested so often. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for my job, I get tested almost every day. Well, every day I yeah. work, like I said, I have to get tested a day before and sometimes a day of. So, And on Friday, I got tested for another job for on Monday or Tuesday. I'm working. I can't figure out what day I'm working yet. But I got tested on Friday, and I'm clean right now again, so I'm all good. <laughs> well, I got uh, my power rack came in. Ah, um, you building your home gym yeah I, I don't know if i talked about it last episode but i was i wanted to get a pull-up bar originally but i didn't want to mm. drill holes somewhere because i want to be able to move it if i change my mind on where where i want it to be yeah and one of those what they call power bar not not a power rock but power bar tower power tower which is like a, a dip <laughs> is it a, a dip. song or what it <laughs> it's sounds like, like a dip station <laughs> you know at the gym there's to have the dip station the the ab like raise and the pull-up bar that's a power yeah, it's tower. Like we, it's like we have our dojo, you know? So yeah, it's things. it's not that the price difference between that and a power rack aren't that much different. Mm-hmm. So, and it takes up around the same space. So I was like, might as well just get a power rack. Though it, it, everything's been out of stock. And people <laughs> who are selling it on Craigslist and OfferUp are charging more than, they know there's a, there's a limited supply. So they're like scalping. Basically. Okay, all right. Um, price gap. Are they putting it, are they putting anything like barely used or just brand, well, brand new, new in box, brand new in oh, box. And lazy. They, they basically, <laughs> you add the shipping and like a hundred bucks on top. That's what they're, uh-huh. they're charging. Usually some of the, some of them charging double. So All I right. just waited till I've been checking every single day for it to get in stock and I just ordered it and it came. Now I have to wait for the, the weights and the bar to come in stock. <laughs> Cause uh-huh. same, same story with that. Like I was looking for used ones. Uh-huh. And with weights, I mean, originally I was just going to buy it off of someone local because mm-hmm. with weights, the shipping's what costs the well, most, right? Didn't you just buy a bench recently too, or did someone else buy a bench? No, right now? no, I need I need to buy a bench too. That's, That's your next thing. thing is to buy a bench. Now you get the Benches power bar are, rack. They're expensive. Like unless you're getting a flat bench, they're actually uh-huh. pretty damn expensive. <laughs> um, I I think I have an extra one at the dojo. You want? I'll sell it to you. <laughs> I'll I mean I'll take it. <laughs> so let me get it straight. So you bought mats for your house now. Okay, you got like a bunch. You got like what two, three mats at your house I now. Have three, three five by ten um, dollar mats. Yeah. Yeah, roller mats. Okay. Yeah, and I have the Dalber crash mat. Crash you got the crash mat too now, and now you got the power rack. Damn. When are you yeah. gonna get the throwing dummy? I'm not gonna get a throwing dummy. I have my wife. So. Yeah, like I said, I think it's still a hard no. I bet it's like you have all these toys, but no one to play with. What's going on? Well, it's waiting for my knee to get better, which is why I got the I wanted the pull up bar because everything else you can kind of use resistance band and body weight, but it's kind mm. of hard to do um, back. Like it's hard to replace pull ups. Basically, yeah. that's one of the hardest things you can do. Mm-hmm. And there's one there's one thing you can do is get two chairs and like a broom and do basically mm-hmm. rows like oh rows. <laughs> the broom yeah. snaps on you yeah, yeah that's down. what i'm afraid of <laughs> i don't have a chair two chairs like that that work that way and uh-huh. um, i'm kind of heavy so I'm, I'm i don't trust the broom so <laughs> yeah yeah so all I right invest, <laughs> I, investment plus my my wife likes a power lift she just okay hasn't been able, able to go to the gym so 
she she she'd get use out of it too so but no that's cool that you both are using it at least like she's letting you get all these toys and she's like gonna use it with you that's nice yeah and i'm sick of waiting at the gym for people to get off the the squat rack and all that kind of stuff so get off it wipe it down set up your own stuff yeah and someone's waiting for you and you just try and power out all your your reps and all that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's a good investment anyway even though i'm kind of overpaying for it and because um if you order everything at once then you pay less shipping Mm -hmm. but because of the short stock i have to order everything as they come in stock (laughs) and i'm paying extra shipping for everything Mm-hmm. you're gonna have a sick ass gym once you're all done man you have all this yeah. crap you're like who needs a dojo let's go to anthony's house well i want i want a heavy bag because that's one thing i can do right now is punch so yeah we were talking about that last time do you figure yeah. out how you wanted to do it or what yeah i need a, i need to find a um find out where to mount the ceiling bracket mm-hmm. i'm kind of nervous about drilling holes if you can't tell right <laughs> so. yeah i said you get with those standing racks a little bit more expensive no. and i always with those standing racks i'm always scared of, like kicking the pole like they when i do up, it well they take up more space than uh-huh. hanging off the ceiling plus you can't circle around and like you said i'm afraid of kicking the pole so <laughs> yeah i i used the standing rack at a gym once and i almost like broke my toe mm-hmm. um, yeah so yeah anyway <laughs> all right so uh last weekend was a really cool day for grappling because khabib Megamanoff defended his title against, against uh, justin gaethje and could be retired so he has an undefeated record of 29 and 0 in uh mma uh so i want to talk about that because people are asking about like how those grapplers or does everybody have to use bjj or brazilian jiu-jitsu like Khabib went out and did MMA without doing BJJ. Like he trains in BJJ with with guys, but he's not like he doesn't hold a rank, he doesn't claim it. He's a sambo guy. He's a no, wrestler. he's a white belt. I think he he's blue 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 belt See, now. I I think he's a white such, or blue belt. I, I to me that's such bull. That is such bull that when I see a a, a really good sambo <laughs> player or a really good judo guy that's a black belt or something in judo or holds a high rank in sambo, and then I go to BJJ school. Not me personally, but <laughs> I see them go to BJJ school. And it's like oh okay, well here's a white belt, and it's like. Hmm, I think it's at least a blue belt, personally, if not a purple. But hey, whatever, that's your guys' deal. It was like a while ago when I saw him either in a white belt or a blue belt tournament. And mm-hmm. there was a clip, and he just like threw the crap out of someone. Like, like, <laughs> and, and then he got DQ'd because he threw him too hard, probably. No, he didn't get DQ'd, but it, he did some crazy crap. And I was just like, that's not a white belt. That's not fair. But I mean, uh-huh. if I if I had that... a chance, if I had a chance to <laughs> fight Khabib, I would. You know, that'd be crazy. You're like, <laughs> like that guy looks really familiar. If that could be to make a man off, oh shit, I am super fucked. <laughs> I'd find it. Yeah. Uh, like I tried looking up what Ranky was in judo because I know he has a I know he has a black belt because there's videos of him mm-hmm. training in judo wearing a black belt. The only thing I could find is that he's an international master of sport in uh in Russia. They have those ranking systems out there, but he's mm-hmm. an international master of sport in sambo, judo, and pancreation and hand-to-hand combat. So <laughs> Those are all pretty much all the four same things for the most part, except in judo we don't strike each other. I was, but I was reading, uh, I was reading um some comments on the MMA subreddit on Reddit, and mm-hmm. some people are like, "Oh, Khabib's just he's just a wrestler mixed in with some BJJ stuff," and I'm just like, "He doesn't train BJJ, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like he's a like give him give the devil his due, you know, he's a sambo guy, he's a judo guy, yeah, and look at the stuff he does, like, oh, he doesn't." He does stuff that's big in sambo and judo. He goes for arm bars. He goes yep. for a, a tri- he went by Sankaku. You know, he choked a guy out using yep. triangle choke. That's a judo move right there. Yeah, I saw some sambo in- people pissed off too. Like, why? Why is everything BJJ? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like 
Well, in the, in the first problem. in the first round when he took him down, he got Gaethje mm-hmm. in uh in a not a calf slicer in a bicep slicer. Yep. You know when he was sitting that when he set up the armbar, he hit him in bicep slicer. I'm sorry, but not a lot of BJJ schools I've gone to or trained with do bicep not slicers. Not even judo. Not even judo. Like I learned it from wrestling. I learned it from wrestling, and then they they do it again in catch wrestling. I go to they do it there for setups for things. But that is not a BJJ thing. That's not even really a judo thing. Well, I have actually been taught that particular bicep slicer at my club before, but mm-hmm. I know it's not very common. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, that's an uncommon thing right there. But what he goes for is simple, straight submissions, arm bar, sankaku, you know? It's just like he's not going for big fancy things. He's not going for these big rolls or uh, I don't know what what, what are some of those rolls called. You know that stuff. Imari yeah, roll. Yeah, Imari roll. Not going for the Imari <laughs> roll or something. I don't know. <laughs> But it's like cool, like he's a two-time world sambo uh, mm-hmm. champion, you know, undefeated in MMA, and then retired. So he can't fight, you know. His dad's gone. His mom doesn't want yeah. him to fight. He's made more than enough money to support his lifestyle and where he lives. He's not a guy that needs all this money or lives a, a mm-hmm. like, crazy life, you know. So him retiring with honor like that, it just it's a great guy. Like I found him very respectful, honorable. I, that's why I liked him a whole lot. You well, know? he said some messed up stuff recently, which I'm not going to get into. People can easily <laughs> search, but um. <laughs> I let other people search that out. But for the most part, he's an honorable guy. I like mm-hmm. him. But Dana did talk this week in the interviews about the fight between um he was talking about the Anderson Silva fights, I think it was. And then they asked him about Khabib and he said, Oh, well, I'm not sure if Khabib's really um we can't retire. trust anything that Dana says. <laughs> you, what do you mean you can't trust? I take Dana White for what he says like hundred percent, you know. I believe him. Well, I'm just upset. Well, not I'm not upset. I'm disappointed that um Tony versus Khabib will not happen potentially. That's a curse fight, man. That fight was just yeah. not meant to happen. All right. We had I'm a so- pandemic for it not to happen, all right. So I watched the Khabib fight just uh, like past two weeks ago um, with my friends who aren't. I've been trying to get my friends into watching judo and MMA, mm-hmm. and we watched the submission. Oh my god, that's a submission you taught us because I was teaching them triangles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was telling them the story of the whole saga of the Khabib versus Tony, oh, uh-huh. how they tried to fight five times, and they just couldn't believe that that. <laughs> that's real like they, they're like that's got to be fake <laughs> every time something happens <laughs> oh my god what was um but they fell over there like was it tony fell over the cord in an interview he tripped messed over up his a knee. cord i i think that's just a straw that broke the camel's back kind of like you know how in my um i tore my piece i ruptured my pcl at a tournament just by falling right essentially mm-hmm. a light fall and snapped because mm-hmm. that was around the same time when they showed him showed videos of him like kicking a steel pole. Exactly. I remember. So, when he, I remember seeing that. I was like, "This guy's gonna break his damn shin." So my <laughs> my theory is he already messed up his ligaments, and then that trip just kind of like finished it off. <laughs> you so. think he looked? He's like, "Oh, there's a piece of wire right there. I might go trip over that side of the fight." Yeah. And then the the recent fight didn't happen. Well, the the matchup didn't happen because he lost the most recent fight and. Mm. A lot of people are saying that you, you know how they canceled the UFC event and Tony cut the weight anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So he cut weight twice within a month. Mm-hmm. So people were calling him stupid for that because he looked like drained in the. Well, the he wanted to fight. prove like how much of a man he was that he's uh, I can do he's this. He's just crazy. But it was like crazy anyways because when that fight was going to happen, they like the UFC told Khabib, "Okay, Khabib, it is like ninety percent sure, ninety five percent sure that we're going to do this in um at Yaz Island. We're going to go over there again, do our fights out there." 90% sure. Khabib was like, all right, I'm going to get a head start on this. I'm going to go out there and train. And then he gets there 
and uh, they tell him, oh, no, sorry, we're closing the borders. We're shutting down yeah, for yeah, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And then he can't come back to America from there. Yep. So they had to go to Russia and that Russia closed their borders as soon as he got there. And it's like, man, it's like, it's, it's like one of the things where you just see the walls keep closing in on you the entire yeah. time. But yeah, yeah I, I, I think Khabib or that, that clip of him saying how like him arguing with Henry Cejudo about oh, how yeah. judo's like class and wrestling is like awesome, but judo is like up here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that needs to be promoted more than it already is like that's an example of how we promote judo i think mm -hmm. um well it's also he had kayla harris right next to him it's kayla harris thing yeah. to be picking on henry cejudo telling him like yeah your wrestling is good but our judo's better you know yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah you may have a gold medal but she has two gold medals you know and Kami, I'm a Kami's a wrestler. he loves wrestling too like even yeah. his, he says he loves wrestling um but he has high immense respect for judo and sambo and you can tell from his fighting style is mostly wrestling based. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that, it's a lot coming from him. So yeah. I feel like, again, they should capitalize on it, but I don't see anyone from any judo associations <laughs> mentioning it. Well, well, it's one of those weird things where like I go back to Ronda Rousey when every time Ronda Rousey found UFC, uh, USA judo would buy a banner. They'd either buy a pole on the UFC octagon or they would buy a spot on the mat. Every time she fought, they would buy a spot on the mat. Then when she lost, they stopped sponsoring. They were like, oh, we wash our hands of this. We don't know what you're talking about. Ronda who? What? What are you talking about, Ronda? Who's a Ronda? We don't know no Ronda. To even though we're Kayla Harris, the two-time Olympic gold medalist, when she fights in the PFL, I've never seen USA Judo, USJA, or USJF here in America. Well, that's because of what she said at, at the dinner, I think. <laughs> it could be it really could be but you gotta sponsor judo you gotta help out judo somehow but yeah i've never seen them ever sponsor any of her fights or anything that she does and then there's that whole thing where the igf um canceled the tournament i can't remember when it like it was a while ago now mm -hmm. but it was a tournament in like france or germany or something or great britain i can't remember what it was and the ufc wanted to sponsor the tournament mm -hmm. and the igf was like nope no, you can't yep. do it. They're they're gonna sponsor like yep. no, you can't. We either cancel this tournament or you get the UFC out. And I was oh, like, that wow, old that's school something. style thinking. Yeah. Well, like, there's also that judo here. They they had that partnership with CNN where like Kayla Harrison's story was like on the front page, like, mm -hmm. but it was just it wasn't really advertising judo. I yeah, think just advertising like, her. If you want to advertise, advertise her, but it, they didn't talk about judo. judo like, yeah. you, you, you ever seen those highlight clips on judo that the fans make? Yeah, like all the highlights of the Toppy Pawns of 2019 or Toppy Pawns of Budapest Grand Prix, mm -hmm. um, they should put that on the front page of CNN and people would be like interested in that because people like watching like fight street fights and all that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, yeah, but you well, put like, down the front page of CNN, people are gonna get interested. I, I mm -hmm. guarantee you. Um, but that's that's not happening. It's like when I work when I'm at work, like I have like I wear UFC sweaters, I have a high boosted backpack I use for my job and stuff. People are like, oh, do you do MMA? It's like I kind of do MMA. I used to fight MMA when I was younger, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mostly focus on judo now. It's like judo, what's judo? And I'll show them like the highlight videos. I'll put up like, oh yep. dude, that's crazy. They're throwing people, choking them out. So they're yep. like, Oh, is that is that BJJ? Is that Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? Is that the Jits? <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not. This is where the Jits comes from. This is judo. Yep. We focus on throwing and really direct submissions you know direct arm bar direct sankaku you know direct pins and stuff like oh that's, that's really cool and it's like hey you guys are okay falling it's like you get used to it <laughs> yeah. when you first start it's not but you get used to it after a while 
But it's just really cool seeing someone like Khabib go out there, be undefeated, using a Sambo mm -hmm. and a Judo background with wrestling and it's kickboxing from AKA. I have immense respect for AKA because I'm from the Bay Area. Um, mm -hmm. It's actually kind of funny that uh, Javier Mendez and my karate sensei actually trained at the same Tongsudo Dojo back oh. when they were back. Yeah, so I actually trained with Javier back when I was like in high school a few times. But yeah, so it's this weird lineage that I'm actually, it's a weird, I'm connected to AKA in a weird way because AKA is Javier Mendez trained with my pops, my karate sensei in Tongsudo. And then uh, he left and became a kickboxer, but they trained together. And if you look at Javier's style, it's still very like, it's American kickboxing, but it's actually, mm -hmm. it's Tongsudo if you know what you're looking at and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's really cool. So whenever I see the AK guys do well, I get happy. Cause it's like, yes, uh, that's like a, <laughs> a far limb of my family tree right there of martial arts. <laughs> we need a Hollywood top team. That's what we need. Hollywood top team. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be funny. So that was great with Khabib going on. So there's the other news going on this week was the first IGF tournament in who knows how mm -hmm. long, uh, people know how long, like what, nine months now? The first IGF tournament in a while that happened in Budapest. So yeah. Anthony, how, how did you like it? Did you enjoy the tournament? Well, at first I was kind of nervous about the COVID stuff. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, like, they, I think I told you about this, like four Italian, not athletes, but four people from the team. So they didn't mm -hmm. say who, it could be athletes, could be coaches, could be masseuse, trainer, whatever. Four people got tested positive. Um, yes. You're shaking the, the Dr. Wan. You're shaking the Dr. Wan. I would yeah, they them. got tested positive at in Budapest after. So they probably caught it on the plane on, on the way there or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and a whole Italian team got disqualified from competing just for safety measures. And yeah. I, I mean, I understand. Um, uh, one of the USA judo members got tested positive. Mm -hmm. um, they locked him in, in the hotel with other COVID people. <laughs> They locked um, him in. A, they put him in there. They put a lock in the door. They shut it in there. Yeah, and also, I don't know if it's Budapest, but I think a bunch of people on the Georgian team got tested positive too. I was I read down Instagram. So Interesting, because there was a lot of Georgian fighters there at the tournament, but the entire yeah, team I don't didn't know get disqualified. I don't know. That's why, because I read that news after huh. the tournament ended. So I'm like, wait, did they catch it at the tournament or well, it? <laughs> if you compare that to how, like, we're in America, of course, and we're in LA, so of course, yeah, Dodgers. I'm not a big baseball guy, but one of the Dodgers uh, pitchers, the main oh, pitchers, yeah. tested positive for COVID, and they let him play anyways. You know, like, oh, suddenly we, oh, actually, they in the ninth inning, it, we, they put him in a little box, which he kind of after they won, he came out and celebrated. No, no, like, he played in the game. Oh, he and they, yeah, he played to like the eighth or ninth inning. I'm not sure. I'm not a baseball guy. I'm not a baseball guy. Again, guys, I'm a combat guy. <laughs> they let him play, and then they pulled him. Like, oh, he's positive. We have to pull him. And then when the game ended, he's running back out there, <laughs> screaming, shouting, pouring all stuff on him. So, yeah, yeah it's kind so of funny. <laughs> if the Georgian people, the Georgian team got tested positive after an event, that makes you wonder how many of these people caught it and brought it back to their countries now, right? So, yeah, and I think that may like, well, it kind of brings me up to another thing that so the first day when everyone is training, when everyone's competing, so uh, from the rules state that you have to wear your mask the entire time, whenever the only time you're not allowed to wear a mask is when you're mm -hmm. running, eating, or in the warm up area. When you're in the warm up area, it's optional. You can wear your mask or not wear your mask. Me personally, I would have worn my mask because there was breathing all over the place. Mm -hmm. And the only place you're allowed to take your mask off is on the mat. So the first day, people would fight. After the match, shake hands, high five, do the fist bump, do all these weird things, hug, do all that normal things. And it turned even at the gold medal matches, the bronze matches, like I can't remember which bronze match, I think it was a bronze or gold, I can't remember which one, but they were like just like embrace, like, man, it was a great match. That was fantastic, hugging and stuff, mm -hmm. really each other's face. 
the next day, no more handshakes, yep, no more funny. hugs, no more hand slaps, nothing. And you get people like they're stutter stepping. They're like, do, do, do I, do I shake yeah, hand? Do I not like, shake uh, hand? Do, do uh, I, do fist I, bump? Like, <laughs> yeah, cause even the first day there were people, there were some fighters I noticed that would yeah. be like, they would go in for the handshake. They'd be like, Oh no, no, oh, put your like, hands up. No, no I'm talking <laughs> like on the first day when they were allowed to fist bump and handshake yeah. the first day, there'd be some fighters that are like, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. And you'd be like, Oh, oh it's oh, all, all right. optics. They, they're rolling on the ground for four minutes and <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. Oh, you can't head. You can't handshake after all that close contact, you know? Yeah. Like, so day two and day three, no handshakes, no fist bumps, no hugging after I'm just breathing in your face right now, trying to submit you or trying to pin you and stuff. Uh, so that was kind of funny that that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, the other interesting thing I thought was that um, I've gotten used to it because I watch like kickboxing, MMA and stuff, mm -hmm. the empty crowds and only hearing the coaches shout out stuff or some people in the stands because yeah. there wasn't a lot of people in the stands. But there was Those a are bit, their team members usually. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of team members, but there was I think there was, I can't remember which, I think it was day two. I think there was the most people in day two I saw in the stands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could hear them shouting, but it was like really quiet. And that was interesting watching that. And you actually hear the coaches mm -hmm. and the refs were even hear the coaches more. So a lot of, I saw a lot of refs even more being like, be like Mate, look at the ref. Yeah. I mean, look at the coach and be like, calm down. Simmer yeah. down now, all right? Calm down. Because they can right? hear it now, everything. Yeah, they can hear it even more now. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. That was very interesting. Um, oh, there's another thing that was gonna talk about something. So it maybe come back to me. But did you notice that there was no main Asian squads out there? Oh, Japan didn't send their squad because I think the Kodokan Cup is happening, or the All Japan Judo Championships is happening not well, yeah, much that's later. Yeah, well, that's happening so. this week too. But you didn't see no one from Korea, no one from China, you know. Yeah. Uh, no North Korean players were out there at all. And the only Asian teams that were out there that I noticed was I saw some of the Filipino guys out there. And I guess yeah, there, there were some Japanese people that are fighting for Philippines and Spain and all that kind of stuff. So I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But there were, some, there were some Filipino fighters out there. There's a Mongolian team out there, of course. Mm -hmm. But you didn't see like the main, like there was no Japan represented at all. They didn't sound like the B team were out there or nothing, you know, yep. the juniors. No Japan, no China, no North, no South Korea, which I thought was interesting. It was mostly all the European countries, America. Uh, some mm -hmm. South American countries, but another big major Asian ones. Yeah, Saeed Malai was there, and he's fighting for Mongolia. This, I mean, I know he fought in a tournament for Mongolia before, but this is the first mm -hmm. one I've seen, and he he got a bronze medal. So um, that was crazy when yeah. they said his name from Mongolia. I was like, what what, what what's ha what's happening here? What's going on? <laughs> like he's not Mongolian, <laughs> but that happens sometimes, you know. Yeah, and uh, Dari Below did surprise me with a move up to fifty seven. Um, well, I expected it, but I didn't expect it to happen this soon. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if, like, the age is, like, making it hard to, to like, she was young before, but now she's getting older and maybe it's harder to get cut to that minus 48 kilo. And um, well, it's also something that Neil Adams brought up that I that I noticed, but then I really started to notice after he brought up was that you saw a lot of people's cardio was terrible this tournament. It was not, like, yeah. horrible, but you saw people, like, the first minute, two minutes are fighting hard, and then after that, they'd just be, like, dragging out. Yeah. There was one match that went, like, almost eight minutes, and I felt so bad for them. Yeah. They're just, like, trying and trying and trying, but, you know, there's nothing that's going to substitute doing actual judo training. There's nothing that's going to substitute doing real rondor. Yep. You can lift weights. You can approach gomi band. You can run. You can run as much as you want, but it's not going to be the same intensity that judo is, where we're using our entire yep. body for quick bursts of energy and then we stop quick bursts of energy and stop so so you think she's like, gonna drop back down to 48 for olympics if there's olympics going on next year yeah 
Well, if that's her best category to fight at, then yeah. I think, think everyone wants can... to fight at the best. Well, I I, I don't know the personal thought... issues, okay? I personally <laughs> I know she's thought... eating tiramisu. All right? I, per- I personally thought she was going to do 48 in the Olympics this, if it would have happened and moved up afterwards to 52. That's mm-hmm. what I thought she would have done. But with COVID, yeah. it kind of screwed her plans over. So I don't know I mean, what 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 the plan is, but maybe they're just testing the waters to see how she would fight yeah. up a weight class. She got mm-hmm. third. So um, I was still surprised that after she moved up, she's still like one of the lankier, taller players. I expected that advantage to be less of a thing but it seems like maybe she did get taller to probably <laughs> she had a growth to spurt. Get... well well she's she's still young she still grow taller i i mean yeah, I, yeah so <laughs> i know how you beanstalk how when did you stop growing all right what I are you like six five now 16. what <laughs> i stopped growing all 16 but um <laughs> yeah i'm i want i've been wanting to see her fight uh uta abe mm. and um Bouchard, which I don't think happened. I don't think she got to fight Bouchard this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Bouchard won the whole thing, if I remember correctly. But I want to see her fight Uta Abe. Um, mm-hmm. And if she moves up a weight class, that's great. I get to see that potentially. So <laughs> Potentially. Well, at the Olympics, they might be separate. They'd probably be on separate brackets, I think, at the Olympics. Yeah, probably. That's yeah, what happened here. They were they were on opposite sides, so they never met. Yeah. I, think. Um, mm-hmm. I need to go back and watch how Daria did lost. Um yeah mm-hmm. um so besides that like there was another there was a huge thing that uh, like i said i didn't notice the asian tournament the, any of the asian countries going there but i did notice a shitload of russians there there oh, yeah. were four all russian finals man four all russian <laughs> finals and almost in every category there was a russian fighting for like bronze or gold in almost every match it was like Russians sent like I don't know how many people because the minimum is you have two people per weight class, but yeah. I, they sent like three per weight class or something. I don't know what. There are so many damn Russians out there. I think you, these tournaments you can just go, you can just sign up for it, right? Can you? Yeah. Huh. I know because I, I I know there's a thing where you can only send two per weight class. That might be but, it, might be the case, huh? I yeah. So I think they like I said, I think they did send two for each weight class. So there was like just tons of Russians. There was four all Russian finals, which is really interesting. Um, another thing I noticed that what they're doing, the rules is that they're being much more stricter. I noticed this time they might've done it last year. Like I didn't watch a whole lot of tournaments last year, mm-hmm. um, but I was starting to, I was going to watch this year is that they're really now enforcing a no throwing off your back. If you do a Tomonage, it has to be like a Tomonage throw. You have to be throwing yeah. a person off the back, but if you're doing a throw and you roll to your back and then try to do the, like one of those, like, lazy reversals and be like oh I, no yeah. i threw the guy that's a no-go this year like there was a couple th- there's a couple throws during the tournament that i was noticing that people would be like those last second like oh no the sacrifice like no sorry you cannot throw off your back now and i like that you know yeah there's one th- one throw i saw that was in a highlight that i found questionable like i i, I need to re- probably ask um the head referee here next time i get to see him um, mm-hmm. someone went on their knees and you know once someone gets on their knees or on the floor you can't lift them up and throw them and mm-hmm. have it called any pawn it doesn't work they have to stand yeah. up right so what I saw this guy do was grab his belt mm-hmm. lifted him up and the guy briefly for like <laughs> half a second stood on one foot like wasn't on per- didn't look like a stand looked like a tap and yeah. then he threw him so it looked at first it looked like he just picked him up and threw him but then if you look at the slow- slow-mo he stood up for like half a second on one foot like and then he threw him and it didn't it seemed like not even any weight was on that foot 
but now, I think I think I know which throw you're talking about. Like, he didn't even look at a judo throw. Just like he just manhandled him. Like he just it, yeah, it looked like, like he just picked him up and just tossed him over. Yeah, I was surprised that was called a pawn. So yeah. Well, there is a lot of things that, yeah. oh, my God, like this, the whole argument of, you know, Coca's, Yoko's, Wazadis and stuff all being the same thing now. Like you don't get stuff for Coca's anymore nowadays, but there's some throws that well, there's I some throws that, are definitely Coca's and they get called Wazadis. <laughs> yeah, like, there were some throws that this tournament that I was like, mm, that, they did not land on the 45 end towards their back. They landed on the 45 end towards their belly, which when I did the refing thing, this is a while ago now, like mm-hmm. when I did the refing classes and I ref back in the day, it was if they're 45 towards the belly. It's nothing, you know, it has to be 45. It has to break that 45 line. It has to break that halfway point towards their back for it to be a Wazadi or directly nowadays, directly on their side. And the whole elbow up down thing now rule. That's yeah. really confusing. But there was a lot of throws out. Like the guys were like almost on their belly and they'd be like, mm, well, they're enough on their side. Wazadi. I was like, that's barely a Coca. Come on. Well, they that's have a, like, a, they have rolling Wazadis now too. Like, which is ridiculous, yeah. I think. Yeah, but it was, I, you land that, on your belly and them. get rolled over in one movement to your side. Then yeah, it's the whole the one movement. The whole thing. It's a continuous action, one movement. So it can't be equal, and it can't be no more rolling equal. In which I, I kind of don't like because I like some rolling equals because it shows like the driving force of it. But I yep. get it. But then there's some really bad rolling wasadis now that like, that's a rolling yuko. All right, it has a rolling coca. Yep. So that was really interesting. Another thing that I thought was kind of cool is that. Um, you saw Eliadis actually being the head coach this time, actually on the mat, coaching his yep. guys, telling him what to do. That's like, oh, dude, he's in a suit. He's all dressed up and <laughs> not in his gi. I don't like this. I'm not used to this. <laughs> this is really weird for me. <laughs> yeah. What, but what, I do think, cool that, what? what do you think about the, I mean, this isn't a new thing for this tournament, but it's relatively new about how they making the athletes constantly fix their gis now and without being asked. I think it should be done, you know, because do you get the whole so? thing like, you get the whole thing where back in the day, you get guys out cheat, you know, mm-hmm. you'll do like little cheats. They'll be like, okay, Hajime. And the first thing they do, is they start untucking their gi. They start pulling it out. And when I first started doing judo, I would be, I would see you guys doing that. And to me, I was like, oh, what's the big deal about it? It's not a, like, who cares? Like whatever, mm-hmm. I'm grabbing gi anyway. So you think it's an advantage to pull your gi out? That's what you I think. totally think it is. I learned from that, that when someone pulls their gi out, now they're almost a foot away from you. Even if I grab the gi, instead of being like just half a foot or a few inches away from you. If I grab the gi and the gi's pulled out, that's like a, mm-hmm. a foot to t- two feet of, be- of me still having to wrap a person in. And it's almost said it's like pulling a sail at that point. See, that's so far that's away interesting you. that you say that because before they initiated this rule, mm-hmm. a lot of the Japanese athletes would be really OCD about fixing their gi's even mm-hmm. before like um, before the rule changed. And they, they yeah. would already do it. So I think they think it's a disadvantage to have your gi out. That's what I think. And well, I think especially more like, just you know who Keenan is at BJJ. Like he has a he's the guy who developed like um a system to play lapel basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of people out there that was exploiting that you're uh, exploiting your gi being out and using that that rope like the whole mm-hmm. gi being out to do crazy throws. Mm-hmm. And I I saw some of that and I feel like that's what I think it's a disadvantage to have your gi out personally. Well, it, it depends. Well, for with me with that, it's like for most people, they're not going to know how to do things with the gi being out, mm-hmm. you know, they're not because they, they don't train that way. They train traditionally, your gi tucked mm-hmm. in and stuff. When you do rondo, it falls out a little bit, but people tend to tuck their gi in. I think the Japanese, just the way that they're trained, the way they're taught, just traditional, you're like, I guess more respectful, I guess I'd say maybe that you always have your gi tucked in. Where if I see guys with the gi tucked out, there are certain things that I've, that I saw like 
this is way back in the day. I can't remember which of the Olympics it was where there was a time where someone had their gi out and the person grabbed their open gi and wrapped it around the other person's arm. You know, they I guess wrapped this it might be the, a safety like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where they think they wrapped it around the arm, grabbed it. So now your arm is trapped into your yep. body. And they went, I can't remember if it was like Osotogari or like a drop zone Nagi or something from there, but it was like some really cool throw. And I was like, oh, that's badass. And I do yeah. it sometimes at, at judo, I'll practice and play with it. But the thing where you have to know that though, you have to know it and practice it. I think right and I don't before think most the, people are doing it. Right before the rule change, I saw a lot of those crazy throws. And I think the IJF wanted to curb that. That's what I, that's mm -hmm. why I think they changed the rules personally. But yeah. Yeah. So when I first saw the whole gi thing back when I was like a white belt or early brown belt, and I was like, why do they have their gi out like that? What's the point of that? Because I'll see you guys undo it. And I can't remember which thing was at a coaching clinic. One of the coaches told me like, oh, it's because like it's pulling a sail. You know, they're, they're mm -hmm. so far away from you. You grab them and you pull them and they're still like another foot or two feet away from you because their gi's now half off, halfway off their body. The way I see it is now you have it's easier for me to grab. There's something else mm -hmm. that's hanging out for me to grab. Well, there's a whole, there's an old school throw that people mm -hmm. don't do that much where you grab both tail ends of the gi yep. and you do a Murotasil Nagi or yep. a Taitoshi from there. And it's just like their heads going straight into the mat if they don't know what's coming. When I used to fight, I love, when that gi is out, I love grabbing it with my right hand, passing it to my left and yank it closer to get the, the high mm -hmm. collar grip that way. Well, you can. People usually you, guard, they usually guard up here. They don't really guard mm -hmm. below, like their skirt, right? But if mm -hmm, that skirt is mm -hmm. hanging out, you could go low and grab it. So yeah, or you do that same setup you just did right now. Same when you do, but instead of going for the collar, you go and grab the back of their belt, grab the back of them, mm -hmm. and go straight into Ogoshi from right there. Yeah. But that's an interesting thing that happened this tournament. Is like I thought it was ran. It looked like it was ran well to me. Didn't I didn't mm -hmm. see any problems really, except for the entire the entire Italian team being there. Some audio problems with the the commentating. Um, I'm I'm a, a sounded like they're not some of the commentators aren't local like they aren't there uh -huh. to do it remotely that's kind of what it sounded like but i'm not sure um yeah i guess so like I, I the did... one that i came up it was in english and uh, hungarian i think that okay. was the two languages yeah. you could pick i did notice um there was an uptick in viewers live viewers and also on reddit there was more people talking about it and i think it's just yeah. because people are so deprived of judo right now that <laughs> they just miss it so much <laughs> a little a little funny thing that yep. i saw that i noticed that's another thing to me is that whoever the ijf dj is finally got some new music all right because they knew the same <laughs> damn song for like almost 10 years now they but probably contracted i contracted someone else you gotta contract somebody else because they're actually playing new music now in between it's not the same dj disco music they've been playing the past several years well that, and they I probably guess this... paid the rights for it so they might as well maximize <laughs> it right well they i think they got the rights because they started playing a uh, game of thrones now <laughs> and I, they're playing it i was like man this is a really epic music they're playing in between these matches what i actually like... heard that in tokyo oh did you yeah, they actually they played, played some it. game played of thrones yeah and i'm a bad american because as soon as i hear that song all i think is the south park version that's all I think about. <laughs> so the All Japan Judo Cup, the Kodokan Cup, also happened recently. I think last weekend. Uh, I watched a couple of days of it. Um, this is the first time they're live streaming it, by the way, on the internet. I, oh, you're been, at a live stream. Like I got some highlights it. on Instagram. I didn't get to watch it at all. No, they live stream. In the past, I've been trying to find a way to watch it, and the only way you can watch it is on if you have Japanese television, and it will be Japanese mm. coverage. So I actually watched it one time when I was in. Um, Japan if you know, during November like uh, this time frame so it wasn't my pre this trip but it was like a trip from years ago so I watched that on TV before 
but the quality of the stream was disappointing. There's no coverage. Um, mm-hmm. The quality was crap. I can't even see. So you mean so it was like there's no announcing then? It's just there's the no matches. announcing. It's just a it's just a person on each mat. There's four four cameras for four mats, and they just have a mm-hmm. cameraman following them. But the resolution's fuzzy. Um, yeah, it's just overall not a very good. I mean, it's passable, but mm-hmm. it's not the quality I expect for compared <laughs> to what I saw on TV. And then yeah. what happens is they cut it off right before the finals, final block. Really? Was yeah, it so like you have... a... So the finals are only on broadcast then. They're only yeah. So from my from my limited Japanese understanding, I was trying to read it. It seemed like they said you have to watch it on NHK um, BS, which is broadcasting. Hey, NHK yeah. BS. All right, NHK is a very good channel. <laughs> no, they have right. like they have like satellite cable, and then like <laughs> I, I don't remember. It's even the remotes have like uh, different buttons, but. They, they're uh-huh. broadcasting on NHK, basically. So I guess that's what I watched in Japan. And that quality was higher with commentating mm-hmm. and, like, the score up. And they tell you about the techniques and all that kind of stuff. So they I haven't watched any of the finals. They said on their Twitter, they said they'll upload it afterwards. So I'm going to go to what? The, to their YouTube channel? To their or YouTube to channel. Where? It's the, the All Japan Judo Federation. I'll put it in the description later. All the right, AJJF cool. has yeah. a YouTube channel. Um, I didn't know that. Well, everybody has a damn YouTube channel now, it seems. Yeah, it's just not. When you talk about Japan, everybody thinks about Gundams and robots and everything, right? <laughs> okay. So they think everything's like super advanced, <laughs> high but... technology. Yeah. Yeah, but their websites, if you go to any Japanese websites, they're usually all really crowded and not oh. very well designed. Oh, I know. Not my very... wife, <laughs> my wife has my wife's homepage that she uses to read Japanese news. I cannot read that shit. It's just this, it's just line, 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 line. Just uh, that's all this stuff. And I was like, how can you read this? Like, what do you know? It's like, oh, well, this is to that link. This is to this so, link. This goes to talk about this article. There's a blog that I follow of a, um, a person that lives in Japan. And he actually wrote an article about why Japanese web design and user interface design is the way it is. Um, has mm-hmm. to do with it. It's really interesting. I'll link that too. But anyway, <laughs> they're still using fax machines until up till recently. Like mm-hmm. Japan has a very traditional conservative mindset of if nothing's broken, don't. If it ain't broke, don't, yeah. don't fix it. Yeah. So I'm surprised. This is why, like, they didn't have a live stream before. They should have had a live stream of this stuff years ago, right? <laughs> but now they have a live stream on YouTube and it's not that good quality. So it could be due to the stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, so go ch- check it out. So Jimmy Pedro announced. Uh, when did he announce it? How many days ago was it now? It was on his birthday. It was like two days. Two, was it two days ago? So, what? Happy birthday, Jimmy Pedro. Happy 50th anniversary. Happy 50th birthday. Anniversary. anniversary. Happy 50th birthday. Hope you had a happy day. A happy ago, COVID yeah. birthday. Yeah, happy welcome to the COVID birthday club, brother. Yep. So, Jimmy Pedro announced that he's going to start the American Judo System. And if you're wondering what the American Judo System, it is almost the exact same thing or very similar to the thing that Travis Stevens announced a couple months ago, which was the, um, what was that called, Anthony? You remember what it was called? I, I don't remember, but he he had a, he's been having YouTube talks about how he would monetize, um, how he would use use the business side to fund the athletes and coaches and stuff. So it's, this is like similar to what he's been talking about. Yeah, it's, uh, after I looked into and read it, it sounded like the exact same thing that Travis was talking about and their mm-hmm. business partners anyway. So it's probably the same thing. It's tied to come up with a new name. It was, um, it was called like the American Judo Association. I don't know. American Association. Judo American System. Judo. That's, that's yeah, what, but that's what they, that's what they gave a name to it. Yeah, but that's what they're calling it, the American Judo System. And uh, what they've done is that, that, 
they've opened up a Facebook account, an Instagram account, and they set a YouTube account, but I could not find a YouTube account. If you guys find it, great. I, I try I to have look it. for I can it. Send it to you. Did you? Okay, great. Yeah. It's actually it's funny. On, Our there's stuff. nothing on it. Yeah. Yeah, our stuff came up actually when I was looking for it. Oh, that was kind of cool. Oh, because I subscribed us to it. <laughs> Did you? All right, great, fantastic. We're subscribed to it. Excellent. <laughs> but um, basically, it's the same stuff that if you've been listening to Travis Stevens talk lately. It's the same exact. It's the same stuff. They want to monetize judo to so make judo more profitable. They want to make judo so you can open up dojos, make classes, even make fund their own coaching system properly. Yeah, fund the athletes, make a proper coaching system so everyone can be certified. But the thing is that they've done all this stuff and guess what website they took or what USA name they took Judo. for the website. They <laughs> took the name usajudo.com. And I went to the website to look it up and there's really nothing there. It's just a page, it's an email and they'll give you more information later when they start doing things. But then when I tried looking up USA Judo as an Americans Judo Federation, mm-hmm. even usajudo.org wasn't working right. It kept sending me to... Um, USA athletes, the Olympic athletes mm-hmm. page of USA judo. And I don't know what's going on here. I well, think it's a and if you check judo inside, they had the judo inside.com, uh, which they had where everyone should go read the interview they had with Jimmy Pedro on this. The first question interview. they asked him was why, well, basically, why did you pick USA judo? Like, <laughs> <laughs> was, this is his answer. Them. USA judo.com URL was available for sale and we made a bid for it because we thought it was a valuable web address to have. Mm-hmm. And we decided to use it for an American judo system. USA Judo, the governing body, does not own that URL and has nothing to do with our website. So he kind of skirted the question. But <laughs> at the same oh, time, man. he's it just kind of like, like I, I live in USA and I'm teaching an American <laughs> judo system. So <laughs> Dude, it was available. It sh- Dude, if it ain't shot fired right now, shots fired, bro. Shots fired. Incoming, man. Because... One, I think it's crazy enough that USA Jew did not think about mm-hmm. updating the URL, owning it. That's Just nuts. When I hear about more than competence we're talking about, right? Yeah, but it's, when I hear about any about any company or government organization or thing that has a URL and that they don't own it or don't keep up the payments for it, I think that's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like back in the day how UFC had to buy UFC.com from this guy because back when UFC one first started, he opened up, he made UFC.com. And when UFC was first bought by Zufa, they had to do UFC.tv till they could buy UFC.com from that guy. So, yep. like, but USA Judo not owning USAJudo.com is just nuts to me. And I understand yeah. if they go by UFC, um, UFC, <laughs> if they go by USAJudo.org, since they're a government organization, I mm-hmm. get that. But it's just one of those things where like, oh, let me uh, sign up for my new classes or sign up for my, uh, renew my membership, do all stuff. And you I go think- there. It's because they're cutting costs because they, they mm-hmm. basically piggyback off of uh, the U.S. Olympic team website, like teamusa.com. Yeah. They piggyback of it. So they probably just like outsource it to them to handle the site and everything mm-hmm. so that that they don't have to deal with that, which makes me wonder if they have like a CTO kind of position or like a, a tech lead kind of guy. <laughs> Are that you makes looking all these for decisions. something? <laughs> I don't know if I would leave my day job for it, but um yeah, they probably should have a position like that where they would avoid these kind of mistakes, right? This because this is crazy, man. This is like underhanded shit. I love I mean, it. They, I love they it. Can, they can always. I mean, USA Judo is a brand name, so they can technically litigate. To That's it's called cyber squat. Yeah, it's called cyber squatting. You basically mm. buy up domain names and then you sit there and and try and uh, extort money out of people. That's called. Yeah, cyber I've squatting. heard of it. 
Yeah. Every people will buy like the dot com, the dot org, the dot TV, the dot gov, the dot whatever else they have out there now. Well, the funniest thing is if you go to if you go to Nissan.com, like uh-huh. it doesn't go to the car website. It's like this guy who's just trying to screw Nissan Motors over. Like, <laughs> See? It's, it's been there for dec- almost close to a decade now. So at least. So it's, So what was it like Nissan.gov or something or Nissan.org? N- Nissan.com. But. Yeah. I think if you want to go to the actual Nissan car website, it's nissanmotors.com or something like oh, that. Because I think the guy was like trying to extort some crazy amount of money from Nissan. They're just kind of uh-huh. told him to go pound sand. So <laughs> um, with that said, um, I also want to mention the IJF. Uh, we're kind of going sidetrack, but the IJF website, the live.ijf.org. They updated it. You have to sign up for an account now, but you can watch the live stream of the tournaments there. Mm-hmm. And remember why I talked about the app and the website and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Right after that episode, I went on the site and they they tell you the brackets and mm-hmm. when the match is about to be streamed and it'll show you the results and you can just click the results and it'll link you to the video and it has timestamps. For most of the videos, they have a timestamp of when the Epon happens in that oh, video. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... IGF is it's kind of buggy still, but I'm giving them it's really good. So check it I out think, if you guys are listening it out. to us. You know what that means? They're listening to us. Okay. So it's someone yeah. on their thing is listening to our shows. I remember when the guy that works on that site used to went on Reddit and was like, hey, check it out, live.igf.org. And I checked it out and I was like, this is still like not very good. But now it's like a year <laughs> later and I'm just like, wow, this is this is actually something that I would use, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, maybe the the USA Judo can buy or rent or get some sort of licensing deal to use this technology at their tournaments. So that'd be that'd be great if they did that. But uh, another sidetrack off getting off the American Judo system, but um, it came to our attention. Someone told us that there someone is developing some sort of bracket system mm-hmm. um, for tournaments and all that here in LA. So yeah, the guy we'll I was talking about was from Texas. So. I guess there's multiple mm-hmm. people working on it. Yeah, so there's someone actually in LA that's at one of the local dojos that's working on it also to see what happens. But judo needs it, you know? And they shouldn't make it that. I know people want to make it for profit, you know, they want to make some money off it. But come on, this is judo. We need help, guys. Like, the more we can make judo more efficient and more streamlined and more effective, the better and more customer customers, more people will get in judo. Because that's one of the biggest things about complaining is that People want to go compete, but then they go and it's just a terrible experience. Well, that's in open source software. There's there's licenses where you can be like, you can use this for free as long as you don't make money out of it. Mm-hmm. Or you can you can put it in the model to be like, you can use, use it for free, but if you make money out of it, you got to pay me this much. Yeah. Percent. Well, like, I, I don't know. There's, there's ways around it, but yeah. Um, back to yeah, back to the, the American, American judo, judo system. system. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were talking about this, they were talking about how like the URL was open. They decided to take it. Um, I had trouble trying to find their Facebook page. If you want to look at their Facebook, it's just American judo. If you want to look up on their Instagram, it's also American judo. Um, Anthony said he found the YouTube. So maybe you guys can find it also. But what Jimmy says that he wanted to make videos that's going to have good basic techniques for people to work on, teach it a good, basic, simple way. Cause he, and with the interview, he also said that, he sees a lot of American players have very bad technique. And when mm-hmm. he goes to coach them, he'll talk to them about things and they can't do it. And he's hoping to do with this is just to make an American judo system 
so that we all have the same curriculum. So we all follow the same rules. We all learn the same way. Mm -hmm. And I get it. I like it. I like having something similar to that. So I, to me, this is like, remember that we talked about the AJDM and how it's missing a lot of stuff. So this fills in a lot of stuff that I said was missing from the AJDM. Mm -hmm. And I mean, every dojo now has their own way of teaching. And I, I can see people like, wanting to keep that like i want to do things my way is always work for me like mm -hmm. but this is valuable to let's say a brown belt out in middle nowhere iowa who wants to start a dojo or a cl small club in the community mm -hmm. center this is useless for them on a system a proven system on how to teach people um the fundamentals mm -hmm. and everything plus they they're doing online video uh ranking like so you, I might not be qualified to rank someone, but if I record someone doing techniques from different angles and then mail it to Jimmy Pedro, then he can be like, yeah, that, that looks good. Like, mm -hmm. I think he, he deserves a yellow belt or a green belt or a black belt, you know? <laughs> Versus right now, um, one way you get promoted to the Don rank it's, is I got these competition points, but you could have fought the same guy at your local tournament best of three like for two years straight you know <laughs> like <laughs> you can't, you can't that be way. the same guy every yeah. six months <laughs> yeah so that it's the quality control is not there i feel like so this is this is there's I, i'm not saying it's bad i think this is not a replacement for the system we have now but it will coincide with it and help judo grow and it's a good thing and i mean like most people say competition is a good thing right well, one of the other things he was talking about was that um, he wanted to teach people how to open up their own dojos and open up their own gyms. And with doing that, that they're going to help them mm -hmm. to make become profitable. And uh, this is one thing that Travis actually said during his interview was like, he's going to teach you how to teach a student to take over that dojo for you. So it becomes, I guess, like a franchise, maybe. It's, you know? it's totally, I mean, Travis Stevens race that BJJ does this and that's they're, they're it's, they're pulling the Gracie Baja and the, the um, affiliate model from BJJ basically mm -hmm. um and it, it's a good it's a good thing and just because you're good at judo doesn't necessarily mean you're a good business person and well just because you're people good at judo trying to conflate it yeah well no it's the same thing like just because you're a good judo player doesn't mean you're going to be a good coach you know yeah, some guys so are just all, good at training yeah so i, I think this is kind of needed like some some out of the box ideas um i i do have problems with some of the stuff that travis said um mm -hmm. like that i disagree with but I think the benefit outweighs the cons right now, given how dire I believe the situation in, in America. Well, is, if so. we want to grow judo in America, we need to do something like this or similar to this to help it grow and become better. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this and he said, you know, it's very interesting because how we say that USA judo doesn't support their players enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, USA judo should be supporting them by like having them go into more clinics together, coaching together and stuff, going to tournaments, supporting them, going to tournaments, like help paying for them to go. So not like looking for sponsors, looking for angels or doing mm -hmm. like more, more uh, clinics on their own. Like, oh, I'm holding this clinic here. Hopefully people come and I can pay for this tournament. It's actually a friend of mine said what they should do is, and it's kind of interesting that we need to get judo more in colleges so that the college system grows judo and helps judo become better. Well, even people keep pointing at wrestling, but even a lot of schools are cutting wrestling programs right now if they're yeah, not making money. Well, the whole thing with the wrestling program is that it's it's high insurance, but it's low. It's not getting much return because it's not mm -hmm. a popular sport. You know, it's not like a football. We have like a stadium full of people, or yeah. basketball, a court full of people. Like uh, some judo, some wrestling tournaments will have like big things. But I think we would need to focus more on what uh, in wrestling is called dual meets. Mm -hmm. And that's when one school faces another school. 
So I think maybe colleges, I'm not saying colleges should, but it'd be interesting if they made that more popular to bring more attention to judo. Because people love MMA, people love kickboxing, people love grappling. Mm-hmm. But I think if we just advertise it more, it'll do better. But the whole thing of like advertising again. We need more adult adult practitioners there. first. <laughs> like well, imagine right have, now, think about yeah. how many adults on average are in each dojo. And then imagine mm-hmm. you having an inter-dojo tournament, like how that would look. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it would be very... Uh, spectacular I just put that one. <laughs> well we tried doing kids. that here we were supposed to do something like that here in california here in southern california with nanka where mm-hmm. we were going to do uh team tournaments of like our jojo faces another dojo but again like some schools couldn't fill whole squads and it's like the whole thing like oh well let's mark a saturday here or sunday here we were mm-hmm. supposed to do something like that it sounded like great like sounded like a lot of fun everybody liked it until they got to the part of like so everyone got to the part of having to pick a team and having to pick guys to do it. It's like, oh, okay, I need everybody here on this Saturday. Oh, Sensei, I'm sorry. I have plans that day already. Yeah, something to, to talk. But again, back to the model. Yeah. Um, I think teaching people how to open dojos, run dojos um, is a good thing. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. personally, I don't. I have no interest in starting a dojo. But if I were to start it, I don't want to... Mm-hmm build a website i know how to do it but i don't want to maintain it i have better stuff to do but if they're paying charging a monthly fee and they mm-hmm. give you like a temp they'll host the website for you and you just kind of go in a control panel and mod- kind of like squarespace i don't know if you ever use squarespace but you just mm-hmm. go on and enter your dojo info and everything and they offload a lot of these uh upfront costs and efforts then it'll make it a lot easier and the barrier of entry to starting a club lower mm-hmm. and they'll help you advertise maybe um and tell you how to advertise target advertisements and stuff then yeah that that's gonna help a lot i think yeah like i like the idea i really do like it a lot you know mm-hmm. just helping people i like them putting up videos of showing like this is how we do it this is how we're gonna do the american basic mm-hmm. you know the american basic tomonagi from right here i like that i like how they're gonna put up videos of how to coach you know because it's not just teaching the technique but it's also how you talk to people how to work with people and stuff so if you see someone that's doing a technique wrong or doing a technique right like how to culture that to help them become better and I, i'm really interested in this i actually yeah. i'm i really want to see change you know and you have to light a fire under like usa judo's ass or usjf or usja mm-hmm. if this is what's going to take to make change then let's do it you know because jimmy was saying that he offered to do this to usa judo and they're like, no, it's too expensive. Or they didn't answer him. And then Travis Stevens said the same thing. He offered to do this also for, I think, even a cheaper yeah, rate. Yeah, on the other, I've heard, this, no. I've heard a different story from the other side, but let's uh-huh. not get into the, he said, <laughs> like, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but. And of course it's in the middle. Yeah. There's no black or right. It's always gray, all right? So everything's shades of gray. Yep. But I still think it's like, it blows my mind that we don't have a real head coach, you know? It blows my mind that we have a team. Team USA mm-hmm. and everyone trains at their own location at their own place. You know, they train with Jimmy or they paint train in San Jose or San Diego, or they have their own home dojo somewhere. So let me ask you this. Do you think he's trying to start his own federation? Like this really is one tough. a lot of people I've spoken to so far mm-hmm. thinks he's like moving towards this is a pivoting towards uh starting his own federation. And I think personally, I think that's uh an option he has on the table, mm-hmm. but he's kind of like in a way lighting a fire under the rest of the organizations to actually do something now to get some change 
Yeah. No, but I do. Like when you told me this, when you first sent this to me, I was like, holy shit, shots fired. Oh my God. It's a revolution. It's a judo revolution in America. You know, that's the first thing I thought when I first read, when I, when you sent me that, I read the article, mm -hmm. then I started looking up other stuff about it to come up. And the only thing I come up with a lot of Travis Stevens things. And it sounded like, man, this is like almost them trying to start their own federation. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing with that is that if they start their own federation, it's going to be very hard to get past USA Judo because USA Judo is the one that's directly mm -hmm. in contact with IGF. Okay. And if they could somehow get in contact or become IGF's main federation in America, then yes, they could do it. But as long as there's USA Judo only, the IGF only conducts business with the IG, mm -hmm. if IGF only conducts business with USA Judo, then they can't. Yeah. So th this is, I, I see it as him starting to try an affiliate system. Mm -hmm. Kind of like BJJ, because okay. you know, like Alliance, Kubrinha, um, Gracie Baja, you don't call them uh national organizations, you just call them an affiliate, like right, like kind of like a franchise. I don't know, I'm not a BJJ guy. No, you, I don't you know call it, it's like it's like McDonald's, you want to open McDonald's, you uh -huh. pay pay a franchise fee and you open yeah. McDonald's. Mm -hmm. But IBJJF is a national organization, right? Mm -hmm. Just like IJF, just like USA Judo. So I think this is a little different from what people are saying, oh, Jimmy Pedro is going to start his own national organization body. I, I don't think that's that's it. And I honestly don't think it um, benefits him in any way because if his assuming his goal is to open more dojos in, and clubs in America and to have funding for athletes, starting a national organization is just going to burn more money away from that. So, well, no, his goal... His goal that him and Travis Stevens always talk about is the what is it? What is this project? Um, twenty twenty four. What twenty? Okay, that was their goal. Or twenty twenty was it? Twenty twenty two was that the goal? Twenty twenty. Well, it's twenty twenty four, but then Paris got it, and so now yeah. it's twenty twenty eight. Okay, so yeah, that's I was going to talk about that right now. Jump with the gun, <laughs> Anthony. Here, okay, okay. So their their goal was project twenty twenty four, and project twenty twenty four is that when the USA was hopefully going to get the Olympics of twenty twenty four, was to take a dominant, strong American team. Mm -hmm. They're going to find they're going to start now looking for the best juniors, the best cadets that they think will have a chance at the Olympics, and to train them hard and to prove their system works. It's just it's just like any coaching system. You want to find the best athletes to give the best results. And I think that's what the goal is. So now that it's going to be 2028 now, since that's when we get the LA Olympics, which you and me will be at, maybe do some live coverage then or something, <laughs> if we're still around then. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, is the goal is that to have a dominant team when the Olympics are here in the U.S. And in that interview that he did, he, he asked him, well, how do you think the American team is doing right now? How do you think they can do in Tim? He's like, flat out, I don't think they're good enough. I don't think they're going to train hard enough. I don't think they're going to do well internationally. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's saying that just to prove a point or to talk shit. Who knows? You know, I don't know. I don't know his mindset. I don't know what he thinks. Mm -hmm. But his goal was to make a dominant team for the next Olympics when they're in the U.S. So his thing right now with this American judo system is to start teaching that young kid now or te start teaching that uh, preteen right now to get ready for that time. So that when that time comes and he sees, oh, these are the top junior athletes or these are the top like senior athletes right now that are doing well in USA Nationals or um, like any nationals, winter nationals, mm -hmm. summer nationals, USA Nationals or whatever, they're going to the Pan Ams and stuff. These are the guys I'm going to take under my wing and create my dominant team with. Well, everyone do that. Yeah. Everyone's already said that the 
the biggest problem facing American judo is money. Like th- these athletes don't have money to, to travel abroad to compete. And mm-hmm. I mean, everyone says this, how do you get better at competing? Doesn't at, after a certain point of training and doing randori, the only way you can get better at competing is just to compete more. Right. Everyone, yeah. this universally agreed. You just have to compete mm-hmm. more. Um, so I think, and he's trying to solve this money funding issue for the athletes and the coaches versus project 2024 there was identifying the potential but then where's the money still coming from you know you you, mm-hmm. you still need the money to send these athletes and coaches abroad mm-hmm. to compete where all the because we don't have that level of judo here locally well it's it's, it's like um god it's like an ajax interview that he did mm-hmm. it's the same thing that travis stevens was saying is that usa judo does not support the athletes enough Buying mats, paying for certain dojos and stuff does not help. What helps is paying for the jo- paying for the members to go to tournaments, mm-hmm. paying for Paris, yep. paying for Great Britain, paying for Japan, paying for them to go there. There was an interview that Travis did a long time ago saying that to get better, he had to pay for himself to go yeah. train in France for a while. He had to pay for himself to go to Japan, to go train at the Kodokan or go train at Tokai University. He did all that out of his own pocket because he wanted to come better. Yep. Did USA Judo pay for that? No. They gave him some stipend, was a little yeah. bit but. stipend. What you, you're paying for his food or something? They should be paying for these athletes to go out there and train. Another, I'll oh, go ahead, or at least taking a lion's share of what it cost. You know, if you want to see results, you're gonna to have to give some money to him to, to do it. Another uh, important point I want to bring up is just the healthcare system here. Like getting hurt is expensive here, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that is that in itself is already a. a disincentive for a lot of people to even start judo now you have these highly competitive athletes who need money to travel abroad and they get hurt and they got to pay it out their own pocket mostly mm-hmm. some to a certain degree because insurance doesn't cover everything yeah these are all and also when you get hurt it probably means you can't work that part-time job to pay for all this stuff and you've got to focus on physical therapy which costs money too like there's there's all these things that just our problems again money is the problem at this point i think i personally think if they realistically want to get a medal in 2028 mm-hmm. they should just do what other countries are doing just like get the b and c tier, tier of like japanese and russian athletes. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, import other players from other countries I mean, canada did it to a certain <laughs> extent like people like to say oh canada just um basically got chris the gucci and paid their word to it but at the same time they're doing pretty well in the other weight classes and other like the male division too they yeah they're winning medals well they did well just last at budapest they had a lot yeah. of their guys in the finals you know yeah it's it's so. amazing and i mean i don't know if you remember when i took the nicholas gill clinic he's the head coach um for the canadian team a lot of a lot of questions from other people that were there were basically like how did you how did you transform canadian judo the way it is right now hmm. and what do you think the usa can do like do we have a chance to and he basically said we have a chance to do it but we have to like do it now this is like mm-hmm. two years ago so we you have to do it now and it's a structural change it isn't it isn't like these like small changes that these organizations have been doing he, he believes you need to revamp the whole structure and you need more obviously you need more money Mm-hmm. And he said when Judo Canada came to him was like, how, what we want a medal. What was it going to take? And he said, <laughs> he basically said, double everything, double the budget, double the athletes, 
they are being paid. Like so, you have like the first string and the second string. So double the 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 first string amount, and they should be getting paid full time to train. Yes. Um, double the B tier um second string athletes, and those are the people that are helping the the first tier getting better. Yeah. And yeah, so you you need this whole system, and he made he centralized the training in in uh, Montreal. That's where the、mm-hmm. Olympic Judo Training Center is. So if you're an athlete on the first string team, you have to live there and、mm-hmm. training full time. That's your thing.、Mm-hmm. So and that gave them results. So that that's one thing. Like I know America's huge. I know we're a big country. We're, we're and I know people don't want to leave their homes and stuff. But if you're on the U.S. team. There should be a centralized dojo, a training center somewhere. It, whether it's Denver, whether it's well, for a while, it was San Jose State. Well, it was San Jose State for a while. Yeah, it was. You know, growing up being in the Bay, like yeah, you'd always hear about that stuff. But they need to keep that because it is steel sharpens steel. Well, the steel sharpens steel, iron sharpens iron, all that stuff. Like yeah,、mm-hmm. the best have to train with the best to get better. That's just how it has to be. And right now, it's spread out with people training in San Diego, people training in San Jose, people training in the East Coast, wherever they're training at in Texas. It's it's not working right now. You know, we're not doing that well. If we want to get better, if we want to like look at when Jimmy Pedro had all his guys training with him. Look at what happened. We got silver medals, we got gold medals, we got bronze medals. We had them training with him. Now that everybody's spread out now, that we lost that centralized training camp, that just that place everybody train at. We're not seeing any results right now. It's funny that you said that because I was reading on Reddit and someone's like, "Jimmy Pedro's not—he's probably not good at teaching other coaches. I know other coaches that are better than Jimmy Pedro. They should really look for someone outside of the U.S." And I was just like, "Okay, <laughs> like training all these Olympic medalists apparently doesn't yeah, mean anything." But well, that's the—that's the thing. Like I can't remember where I heard it at or something. It was somewhere, but it was like everyone thinks the excuse is, "Oh, get a Japanese coach," you know. Get a Japanese coach in your system. Get a French coach in your system. Get someone as an ex-French team member or an ex-Japanese team member and bring them over and they'll coach you guys. It's not that. Like Americans are, we are stubborn, dumb people that want to do stuff our way only. So whoa, you need whoa, an American. You're gonna. To do it. I don't want death threats. No, no. <laughs> hey, hey. I love us. Okay, I love America. But I'm saying, most of the time, we're stubborn and we want to do things our way. We want to do things the way we do it. And you bring someone that has a different、uh, cultural system and they bring it in. Some people aren't going to adapt to it. Some people aren't going to like it. Some people aren't going to that, be yeah, trained that way. I was talking to Johnny, and he was like, "We got the Mongolian gold medalist here. We got、um, Israel Hernandez. We got、uh, who else do we have? Oh,、um, I forgot his name. We we have a lot of people here from abroad that are yeah accomplished competitors, but they haven't what outside of Israel Hernandez. Um, I'm not going to talk about that, but they haven't really coached the. The national team. Why?、Mm-hmm. Why hasn't USA Judo reached out to see if like that would have been a good fit? Like at least give it a try, you know. So、mm-hmm. I, I don't know all these questions. Well, it's the whole thing of like, yeah, they'll set up their JoJo there, but we don't have a centralized place, you know. Yeah, it's not all the American team has to go to Denver. You know, the US, the Olympic training facility in America is in Denver. Okay, the Mile、mm-hmm. High City, where any Amer any Americans on the Olympic team or national team can go train there, but they don't force them to go there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, people always train all over the place. But if they had a thing where they all trained all together, like what Jimmy had back in the day, he had these top competitors all training with him at his central location. They got better. They got medals. So that's just my thing. You know, you know how above our dojo there's those classrooms. Yeah, and a shower.、Mm-hmm. 
and a shower. What is it? And a shower. What is it? They have classrooms and a shower. Yeah, we we can. Uh, we who doesn't want to live in L.A.? Let's just get them all to train in L.A. and live dorm above our dojo and. <laughs> I just make Philippe the coach or something. <laughs> no, just rent the facility out to them. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, even let them use it for free. I'd, I'd like to train with top caliber athletes. Like, It'd be great to train top caliber athletes yeah. like that. So, yeah, I'm really interested in the American Jewish system. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, what's going to come of it. Yeah, it's know? all he's advertising as is all these. Like I said, it fills in all these gaps that we we're talking about. But yeah, until we see the product, we'll have to reserve our judgment even though yeah excited so yeah but i'm excited i'm on the facebook already i'm on the instagram i'll soon be on the youtube but yeah we'll see how this turns out so yep so, so, is there anything else you want to talk about today yeah i do there's one more thing i want to talk about is i've shared i shared it on my instagram already but there's a judo webtoon i don't if you guys aren't familiar with webtoon it's like a comic site and um I, i'm not going to get into the whole business model of it but basically there's a, this person called True um, posted on Reddit and shared her, I think it's a her, um, sorry if I got it wrong, but shared her webtoon on judo. She wrote a webtoon on judo, basically. And I, for the longest time, I've been saying, we need more judo mangas, we need more <laughs> judo anime. And apparently there are judo mangas out there, I just didn't know, it's Japanese. But um, it's great, it's called The Gentle Way. I think Instagram was the.gentle.way. And you can look up the gentle way on webtoons on Google and you'll find it. And it's a romance kind of story. <laughs> like this showed like start the style is targeted towards women basically. But mm. I, I was interested in it. it was, I, and following her on Instagram seemed like it got a few people interested in judo. Like cool. they're saying after this, after reading this, I want to try judo. I want to learn more about judo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, even if you, if, even if the webtoons aren't or comics aren't a thing, um, go ahead and share that. Tell your kids or your kids' kids, and that's how you're going to help spread judo, right? Like, just tell the person you tell might not be interested in it, but the person they tell might be. So, um, yeah, spread the word, a, please. Yeah, we need to think more outside the box. So, yeah, yeah. So when you guys see someone being thrown, remember judo. All right, spread the word. <laughs> spread the judo word. All right. <laughs> So is that it, Anthony? Is that anything else you want to plug? No. Anything else you want to talk about? And that's it. All right. That was a long episode, but we had yeah. a lot of constructive discussions, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. So please like, share, subscribe. If you have any questions, you can drop it at me. You can drop it at Anthony. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on uh, YouTube. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at the GRA underscore one at Instagram. You can follow Anthony on Instagram at Anthony Throws. Um, so yeah, please. Like, share, subscribe, send us any feedback. If you have any questions, hit us up, right? You should change your Instagram to Juan Throws just so it's Juan Throws. Be Juan Throws. Or Juan Wick. Juan Wick. John, I've been trying to get that hashtag over right now. It's something that's easier to remember. The Jerry underscore Juan. Well, my nickname was The Great Juan for the longest time. Juan, Juan, of course. I've been using that since high school as my nickname. The Jerry. Maybe later. All right. See you guys. All right. Peace out.